Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to a brand new week. The number one daily sports news podcast in the country, The Scorecard. I'm Brett Thomas, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Monday, October 30. Today, will Eddie Jones ever be able to show his face in Australia again? Is Tyson Fury a spent force? And the forgotten man amid the Ange Ball revolution at Tottenham. But first... The Matildas have just made the perfect start to the second half. 25 seconds on the clock. The glow from the FIFA Women's World Cup hasn't worn off. Almost 60,000 packed into Optus Stadium in Perth. A record for the Matildas outside of the Cup to watch them pummel the Philippines 8-0 and take a big step toward Olympic qualification. Sam Kerr's hat-trick secured 25 seconds into the second half. If they looked underdone against Iran, Tony Gustafsson's side looked world-class. Caitlin Ford also bagged a hat-trick. Claire Wheeler scored her first international goal. A Sunday romp in the park. And the coach feels they answered some critics. I'm obviously happy that we scored eight goals, but I want to put the game in a perspective again, like I did in the post-game interview on the field, that when I arrived here three years ago, a lot of people said that this team can't play when they're favourites. They need to be underdogs to perform. Uh, this team cannot break down parked buses um, when there's no space behind the back line and not play the running game. Um, and we have spent a tremendous amount of time to try to develop that. Uh, we took some steps already in the World Cup. Uh, but I said to you when I summarised the World Cup analysis that the stats proven that we were one of the best teams in the world already to break the last line, getting in behind the back line. But we have improvement to do to break the first and second line. Stats also prove that we're really good at playing around teams and over team, but playing through, we need to get better. Um, and I'm extremely impressed by only two training sessions and two video sessions that the players are able to uh, play the way they do tonight. Now, why should we care that the Tillies thrashed a side that you would expect them to beat comfortably? Well, basketball fans like me with long memories will never forgive the Filipino basketball team for the all-in brawl with the Boomers five years ago. Members of the national men's basketball team have arrived back in Australia this morning following their spectacular brawl in the Philippines with players and staff from the home team. If it wasn't for assistant coach and man mountain Luke Longley, Boomers guard Chris Golding could have been seriously injured as he lay on the court while players, coaches and spectators threw fists and chairs. So any chance an Aussie side can beat up, no pun intended, a Filipino team, I'll take it. Eddie, you are staying or going? Uh, no, staying, mate. Uh, always been committed to Australian rugby. Uh, I want to leave it in a better place. And that's still the job, mate. If the Tillies are the pride of our national sporting teams, the Wallabies are the laughing stock. On this podcast two weeks ago, we said we couldn't believe a word that came out of Eddie Jones' mouth. And that is proven correct amid widespread reports he's resigned. You saw this coming? Everyone saw this coming. It could be the worst stint in charge of any Australian team in any code. Sacking Dave Rennie before the Rugby World Cup, Eddie was meant to be the saviour, if not at this tournament, at least building the sport back up to contend for the next tournament on home soil in 2027. He's not the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy! Signed to a five-year deal, Eddie's vision hasn't survived the embarrassing showing in France the youth policy backfired, the Wallabies failing to make the quarterfinals for the first time ever. Australia's longest-serving captain, Michael Hooper, 
who was brutally axed by Jones for the cut, telling Triple M the blame can't squarely be placed with the coach. You know, Eddie and decisions are certainly a part of that. You know, players' injury are part of that. So I think it's just like a domino effect of certain things happening that's led us to this point. But it's the denials he flirted with Japanese rugby that will anger Aussie rugby fans the most. Eddie may not be welcome back if he ends up coaching Japan again. Reports out of both Japan and back home that he held a secret interview days before the failed cup campaign. Now, he's a free agent. Maybe he'll claim the interest only surfaced after he quit. But whatever the explanation, no one in green and gold will be buying it. This was supposed to be a glorified exhibition bout for Tyson Fury against former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. Floyd Mayweather danced with Conor McGregor for 10 rounds before knocking out the Notorious, but in this fight, it was the Gypsy King who looked more like the MMA fighter and Ngannou, the seasoned pro boxer. In fact, many believed he won the fight and not Fury, who scraped away with a split decision victory especially after that knockdown, and he seemed unusually flat after the win. Just a flash knockdown behind the head. I think it was like a glancing blow at the back of the head, and it was what it was. It was all right. Now, in your corner, Sugar was telling you not to engage. Was it about saving the December 23rd date, or why was that the plan when it seemed like it was a close fight? Just, just boxing, you know. I was just using my job boxing at the end of the fight there, not getting involved in a brawl, getting cut or whatever, right at the end of a fight. Obviously, offensively, you were not surprised by his power. Defensively and boxing skill-wise, what was it that made him tough tonight? Listen, he was a good fighter. No excuses. He's a good boxer. He's a lot better than I thought he'd be. Um, And he he gave me a good fight. Fair play to him. God bless him. The ultra-high trunks couldn't hide the fact he's carrying more than a few extra pounds. Due to face Alexander Usyk to unify the heavyweight division in December, he will need to improve his fitness drastically to avoid the first loss of his career. As Ange Postacoglu and Tottenham keep winning in the Premier League, one man has been forgotten. And Kane is going to go for it. Has he beaten Sharon? Oh, I don't believe that. That is absolutely extraordinary. Harry Kane, the man who opted out of Ange Ball, must have been watching the David Beckham documentary like most of our sports nuts. Another time for Manchester Beckham's iconic goal from Marjorie behind the halfway line against Wimbledon in 1996, recreated, albeit from slightly further out by Kane, who, like Becks did back in the day, captains England, and left the EPL club where he blossomed into a superstar to see greener pastures overseas. Here's Harry's humble brag about that goal. One of my my better goals uh, that I've scored in my career so far for my second one. Um, yeah, it was one of those, uh, obviously got the ball on the half turn and... Uh, I'd seen the keeper off his line throughout the, the first half and I'm always looking you know, for every game. And uh, of course I've tried to, to score from the halfway line a, a few times in my career, but this one was uh, yeah, just come off perfectly. Uh, obviously just dipped under the bar and, and gave the keeper no chance. So special afternoon, especially to finish off uh, with the hat-trick as well. Kane and Bayern Munich rocketed to the top of the Bundesliga with an 8-0 romp over Darmstadt. So his hunt for an elusive title could pay off, although if Spurs continue their fairy tale run and win a top-flight title for the first time since the 60s, no doubt Kane will feel a little heartbroken. And that's your fast, fun hit of sport. Hit subscribe so you don't miss the F each morning. Liam Flanagan back on the scorecard tomorrow.